was at that point that I went on this journey to find love. And it was something that I didn't recognize that it was the answer that I was looking for to unlock all of the things that I was lacking in my life. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Juan Lee. Juan is a transformational speaker, a thought leader, and an author, and this is from Juan's perspective. I've seen the message of love made so difficult that it's confusing. I remove the confusion by making it very simple. I neutralize religions and made the message of love universal. I find the things that we all have in common instead of looking for the things that divide us. In religion, the vehicle is God and the message is love. Apart from God, the vehicle is humanity and the message is love. We all have love in common. I show how we first learn to love ourselves and then love others. I show you how to use love in every stage of life to produce the fulfillment you desire in your life. We're going to be talking about love today. No, not in a fluffy kind of way, but in a practical way. What it is, what it does, why it heals. You're going to learn the three C's when it comes to love and how to bring more of it into your life. Enjoy this conversation I had with one. Here we go. Okay, everybody, I have Juan Lee with us today. We're going to be talking about love. We're talking all about love because love is a gigantic topic. There is so much uh, we can learn from love, how to love, what love looks like, how love heals all of it. So welcome, Juan. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So before I hit record, you started sharing a story and I stopped you. I was like, oh, if it's a good story, I don't even want to hear it. Let's capture it. So this way all the listeners can, can hear. So before we dive into love, how did all of this come about for you, that this would be your topic? Very interesting. Um, it allowed me your show has actually allowed me to look into myself in a way that I had not before and to find out that I myself had had one of those betrayals that were internal. It was something that was, I had no idea that it was there, um, but I have a learning disability and it makes life, it made life and it's still, I, I, I have, I, it's not something that I can do away with. So, the point is, is that, but until I was 37 years old, I didn't even know that I had it. And my struggle was just in life in and of itself. It was just everything that I was trying to attain or to, to accomplish was always outside of my reach. And I had really just at a point in time when I was like, it was 17 years old, I was basically I was hopeless. I had no hope. I was had no ambitions, no desires, no drive, no. I had low self-esteem. I was I was really literally lost, um, looking for direction, looking for hope. Um, and it was it was at that point that I went on this journey um, to find love, and it was something that I didn't recognize um, that it was the answer that I was looking for to unlock all of the things that I was lacking in my life. And it was not something externally, 
as much as it was internally that I had to ascribe to and to maintain and to, to capture for myself to begin to change the dynamics of what I was, how I was viewing my life and my experiences. So I had, I had no identity. Yeah. So let's unpack that a little bit. So you're saying around 17, you just, you know, low self-esteem, you weren't feeling right and all of these things. Was there something going on in your life that kind of made you feel that way or what, what led to that? My academic experience, Mm -hmm. because at that point I was in, I was in special education. I was not measuring up. I had a disciplinary problem because of the frustration that I was dealing with. And I felt unprepared for life. It was literally, how am I going to survive? And it was probably so frustrating because you didn't, you didn't know. Like you oh, didn't. absolutely. And it was, now I'm 17, and it wasn't until 20 years later, 37 years old, that I get the diagnosis. Because up until that point, I was chasing a ghost. Mm-hmm. I had ambition, had desire, had drive, and it was no answers. None. All it was, it was, it was, and it was ironic because in spite of it, failure was not an option. Mm. Failure was not an option. And we usually make that mean something, you know, when we're struggling all that time, you know, we, there, there, you know, sometimes we'll say it's my fault. I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll blame it on something. What was your, what, like, what did you, what did you kind of make it mean for you? Well, I, I tell you right there, I mean, the fact that I couldn't, it was like, why is it so hard? Why is mm-hmm. life so hard for me? Right. Why, did I, why don't I measure up? Yeah, I felt a lot of, of why me, woes me. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point that I realized that woes me is not going to get me anywhere. Yeah. Um, and it was in spite of, trying to do it just wasn't enough and there's usually that like there's one defining moment or series of moments where mm-hmm. it's like you know what Th- that process everything i've been doing all this time just doesn't work you know was there something that happened to you was there a defining moment or had you just like you just had it no it was it was a defining moment i joined the military mm. i joined the military and I found my identity. I found who I was. I found value in being a part of something bigger than myself mm-hmm. and not seeing that I had to do this thing by myself, that life was bigger than me. And the fact is, is that everybody around me became my resource. There was not one person... We- being in the military, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. We're part of a big system. And that system is meant for all of us to succeed, not just one or two, but for all of us to succeed, to succeed. And that was where I began to realize that life is, emulates the military in the sense that it demonstrated to me what life is about is being a system. And when you find that part that's bigger than yourself, then you can plug into the system with the right attitudes and the outcome is the same for everybody in the system. 
Yeah. And well, first of all, thank you for your service. Um, and then there's there's something about, and I see this as almost like a hack, is when someone is so stuck on them, you know, their issues, their problems, their aggravations, their challenges, and there's something about giving in whatever level that you can that pulls you out of yourself and makes you realize there's so much more than just you. And it sounds like the military was, you know, way bigger than you. You were serving so much more than you. And it it shifted the perspective. It, does that Absolutely. sound right? Absolutely. Because yeah. what it did is it gave it found value in what I had, not having to measure up to someone else because we all have different and unique abilities. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, from the military, you can find any and every skill set. But all of us were in the same system looking for the exact same results, just like life, right. just like life. So then you, you, you got out of the military and how did you take what you learned there and applied it? Oh, it's, it's who I am. That system is now applied in life because the, here's the thing. What is the bigger, um, the thing that's bigger than myself outside of the military? is humanity. Humanity is bigger than any one person. And it's this, and what I've found out is the thing that connects us all, the system for that, that bigger thing is love. See, love is the thing that connects all of the components in that system so that we all succeed. It is love, that's the system. Explain that more. Well, the system has three characteristics, love that is. And the first love, the first characteristic is that it's a chameleon. It adapts to any situation. It sets the platform for success for everybody. It allows you to deny or to, you know, basically take your own personal agendas and lay them to side for the sake of the group or the whole, that thing that's bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the second characteristic is that it's a conduit. It allows us to connect to each part of that bigger unit so that without any type of, of a self-agenda, with mm-hmm. just this sense of being able to give and this flow of give and take openly without any, uh, you know, any self-agenda, any hidden agendas in there. That's just mm-hmm. that pure openness. And then the, the third and final one is that it's a choice, which really puts it over the top as it relates to the value of it because nobody can force you to love, but no one can stop you from loving. And so now it allows this platform for everybody to succeed that we can flow our gifts back and forth to other and other. And all it takes is me to choose to do it. For me to come to you and say, I need help and you be willing to give me that help, then we all grow and, and, and succeed together. The outcome becomes inevitable. Right, so what do, you, what do you say to that person who looks at love like an exchange? Well, see, that's, I think, to be honest with you, that's what put me on this pursuit is because people looks at love in their own way and it begins to not resonate with being the system for, for life because we use it for our own benefits. And it's really not about our benefit. It's about giving. See, my definition of love 
is the fact of that I'm going to act on behalf of another. Mm-hmm. I'm going to act. See, I'm going to put into action something on behalf of someone else with no expectations. Remember that that flow, that ability to give. That's all I want to do. Now, if everybody that I come in contact with has that same ideology as it relates to I'm giving. That means that I'm giving what they need and they're giving what I need, but there is no expectation. Right. Okay. There is none. So now I always try to get into the minds of my listeners and I can just see them saying, and I hear them feel them thinking, well, that sounds nice, but I was giving love to that very person who betrayed me. What do you tell that person? Let's work with them. here, Here is the thing that really trips a lot of us up, even with that understanding of how that love works and being giving, is that you only can have, you can only give what you have. And the only way that we can have to give is that we first have to develop ourselves. We've got to be able to have be and have this assurance as it relates to who we are and what it is that we have to offer. Being able to understand our own personal value and understand when we give it, it's with no expectations. No expectations. So right. then mm-hmm. I have to be very secure in who I am to be able to give without any expectations because guess what? You can't hurt when I'm giving something freely. Because yeah. I have no re- I have no expectation to getting anything from you. Now, if it comes, that brings me fulfillment, but it's not based on expectations. Mm-hmm. Not expectations. See, when we I think expectations, you know, we feed on. See, that comes from what we have a desire for, and when we then put that onto someone else doesn't mean that it matches what their expectations are. And then there comes a possibility that it could um, conflict and yet somebody's expectations not going to be met. Right. And you, you've allowed, you've laid that foundation where is a conflict coming. Mm-hmm. But when you gather yourself and you know who you are, you have this assurance that confidence as it relates to who you are then what you offer comes out of an abundance. See, I'm not losing when I give. I give out of an abundance so that whatever I give, it meets the needs of those that are that I'm giving it to, but it my my the fulfillment that I gain comes in there being able to apply it what I gave them and that brings me fulfillment. So, that brings me fulfillment. Yeah, and 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 this is an important piece right here because so often when someone's been betrayed, they've been abiding by the rules. They were honest. They were truthful. They were, you know, what the agreed upon rules of that relationship, spoken or unspoken. And then they've been betrayed. And so now they feel we're never broken. We feel broken, right? We feel like, wait a second, you know, am I not worthy, lovable, deserving? I mean, all these things that that come on, that come up. And then what happens is very often, if they have, you know, 10, 20, 30 plus years of being told they're not lovable, worthy, deserving, they deserving, they believe it. So what you're saying is, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, this is where we need to rebuild. Even if we have no proof from the external that we are lovable, worthy, and deserving. And that's the hardest part. Even when there's no proof of it, because we've been told something the contrary, right? We need to grow that, build that, because that's where that love is going to come from. And when we have this overabundance 
and you know abundance of love that's the only thing we can attract and but without any expectation of it is that well, what you think and the thing about it is is that in the process of developing ourselves we begin to find out what attractions we have from others what attract what we have what are our attractions to others or how others are attracted to us based on what we have see it's easier it's almost as though a magnet when you have something to offer, those that have get, can see what it is, they are attracted to you. And it makes it easy for you to identify those relationships that we need because they attract, they come to you. You don't go looking for them. They come to you. They are magnet, they magnet to you. So then that makes it very easy to begin to find those people that add value to your life instead of those that that are contrary are are, are taking away from you, pulling you and drawing you away from who you really are. And that makes it difficult to be able to give who you are into places that don't belong, that you shouldn't be giving into. And then brings forth those situations where betrayal and things like that occur because they really weren't people that connected with you. They were not your connection. Right, okay. So, so now, Let's let's do this. Let's get super practical here. Here's a person who's been betrayed. They want to feel this incredible amount of love that is just pouring out of them. They're not in that place yet. What are some practical steps that they could take just to start building it? Is there are there tools or processes or strategies? Give us a few. So that person who's listening right now could be like, I can do that. Well, here's the point. It's the first thing is to start doing some introspection. Mm-hmm. The first thing to do is some introspection. You want to ask your question, how did I get here? Why am I here at this point? And I think what you're going to, the first thing that you're really going to come up to, and, and we've already alluded to a little bit, is that was based on some expectations. Some expectations. And those expectations came from within self. <clears throat> and then you want to know, you're going to ask yourself, okay, how did I get here? Why am I here? And then what is it? that I need to do to begin to illuminate why those, those, those questions, those answers, because when you get there, you're going to get some questions, you're going to get some answers and go like, okay, how did I get, what did I do? What happened to me to get here? And that begins to set this mindset that we have that allowed us to make choices that were leading us to a place that we are. So those are the choices that we're going to begin to begin to look at and analyze why are those things what caused me to make them? It stems from a lot of um, hurt. And what you have to do is you have to begin to deprogram some things that you've established relationships with based on those hurts. Mm-hmm. See, because those hurts are, are things that you've now built up and you've protected them. That's all they are. There's they're, those things that those never agains. Those things that we, I'm not going to that that's not going to allow you to begin to break that wall down to bring that wall down because those never again you allowed by based on expectations to allow that experience to come into you so that you could say okay never again and that's what betrayal has basically done to you if you put up another wall say okay never again mm-hmm. but what you're actually having to do is to find out what caused the betrayal and then begin to take that wall down, you don't want that wall to go up because that's going to prevent you from being able to find out who you are. Right. Because the first thing that you have to do is that you have to be humble. Yeah. 
to be able to understand I've got to work on me. And I just want to make sure that we're clear about this. I want to make sure the audience knows there's always our part, our responsibility, but that does not mean it's our fault. So when a betrayal no. happens to us, it's not, you know, it's not like, what did, what did I do to cause this? And I believe one, that's not what you're saying, right? You're no, not, absolutely not. Yeah, it, yeah. This is all internal. This is all internal stuff. When I say, what did I do? What did, what state was I in? Mm-hmm. Okay. What caused me to accept this relationship or this circumstance? Because here's the point, and this is one of the things that I use oftentimes. You know, betrayal looks at things as going like, I'm giving somebody something that I want them to hold the same way I hold it. Mm-hmm. The A good practice is that if you can share it with one, you can share it with the world, okay? Because once you say that that person is gonna hold it the same way you're gonna hold it, you're putting them and yourself at a position of of this opportunity for trust to be broken Mm -hmm. or that betrayal to happen. Whereas is that you have to have signed off on it. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. To, To share it, you had to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have known it if you hadn't have shared it. And so once now- you shared it, it's open game. So yeah. then the, the protection comes on what and when, what you are willing to share and how you're willing to manage what you're sharing. One of the things that I've gone through over this process is that I've become an open book. Mm-hmm. Meaning, in other words, I've gotten over those fears of people knowing. When I said my learning disability, I spent up until 37 years old trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. It was the worst thing that I could have ever done. Right. Well, then as we soon as, suffer in silence. Yeah, yeah, but see, but but as soon as you're willing to express it, mm-hmm. you become liberated. Because but I I'm get the back, one that's I want, holding I'm, myself in bondage. Yeah, I want to get back to something you said, and you said, you know, the, the minute that, you know, you're you're sort of uh, saying that rule, you're setting yourself up for that trust to be broken. So now I'm picturing every married person out there, are they saying, oh, so we're not supposed to abide by those rules because now we're setting ourselves up? Why can't they just be, you know, honored? Well, but here, here's the point. You remember we went back to selecting our mates, our relationships and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. That's the process that we go through to understand when you establish that relationship, that intimate relationship, yeah. those intimate relationships come with a, a, a very d- deep relationship, meaning you have to work at getting to the point of understanding that marriage, that commitment requires a oneness. Okay, now that is something that you have to establish before the commitment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you can't get that kind of buy in before the commitment, you don't make the commitment. Mm. You don't make, but you've got to be able to understand that that commitment is still, you're still two separate people, Mm -hmm. but the commitment has to be to the becoming one. Right. That's the part that really, because see, when I bec- when I'm hurt myself in here, I hurt you. 
Right. When you hurt me, you hurt yourself. So if I don't want to hurt you, I'm not going to hurt myself. Yeah. But that's also coming from someone who's who sees things clearly, clearly, who's very evolved. Now, here's what I see very often, too. The first 10, 20, even 30 years of a marriage, that may have been the case. And all of a sudden, right, one person still abiding by the rules and the other person doesn't. However, it can also be the biggest wake-up call of their life, right? Where the, you know, and well, then, you know, it sounds like then it's an opportunity to do that same thing that they did 10, 20, 30 years ago again, where it's like, okay, now it's about now we are starting over with these new rules, and I'm not giving back that trust until, you know, until it's worthy well, and deserving and everything. Well, see, well, see again, re remember this love. Love has see this is this is where I, very interesting because I was on a I was on a podcast having to do with divorce and and basically um, love you can change okay but love doesn't it doesn't matter see when you understand love we have this thing about love unconditional love see if there's conditions in love there's no love mm -hmm. because see there is your change is inevitable just as my change is inevitable but in spite of it i'm gonna love see love supersedes your changing either to my benefit or to your my demise in the sense of if if it doesn't please me how you change it doesn't change the fact that my love is still the same right see that's when that's when even when you're deciding to make a divorce see divorce is just a manifestation of something else and it's, and it's as a result of that conditional love. It's not enough. If you're entering into a commitment, there is no off, there's no off-ramp in that type of commitment. So all it does is it's a level of love and it grows because people change. But you don't change your love. You're consistent. Love never changes. Right. Okay. Got it. So now here's somebody, let's say, you know, they're like, okay, this sounds good. I want to be more loving. I want to just come from love. I just want to experience more love in my life. I'm ready. What, what are they, you know, let's start. Let's it's just. It's the work. It's the work. It starts back there. See that love is what we were talking about earlier is having it to give on behalf of another. That means the work starts on the cell on yourself. You've got to understand I'm not perfect. And there's areas in my life that I need to be illuminated. I've got to be illuminated because see where we're trying to get to is this ability to be an open book. Right. We are so often trying to hide things. We don't even know we're trying to hide them yeah. because it becomes such second nature to us. That's just who we are. Okay. But when we begin to, to do some self-examination, begin to see some things that we really don't like about ourselves. Mm -hmm. We really think, and we hold those things very close to us. But when we begin to open up and analyze what it is that I'm really holding on to, they're very unproductive. Yeah. And you know, they're what's interesting, what's interesting about what you're saying is there is no transformation that ever happens unless you are willing to get messy and uncomfortable. Unless Absolutely. you are willing to, and we say within the PBT Institute, face it, feel it, heal it. And it sounds like even, even something like coming from this place of love, it's the same thing. It's, it's work. It, we start, it's a lot of work. We start by looking within and it's only, it's not an outside in job. It's an inside out job. 
Okay. Absolutely. It's the what I call it is a practical application of love, being able to put those things in place, understanding that love is is not so abstract when it really hits home and you really have to do the work. Yeah. So, Juan, as we wrap up, what do you want to make sure everybody knows? The, I, again, it's the process that there is love is something that brings fulfillment to your life as a result of being able to give what it is you have, but you've got to do the work to have something to give. We have a we have a tendency to give what we don't have and end up with bad experiences. We get put into places where we begin to see that I put myself here because, okay? And we can't illuminate that. We can't eliminate the fact that no matter what situation, we go from marriage to marriage to relationship to relationship, and there's one common denominator in all of those, self. And we've got to realize that what part, where is the work that needs to be done? It's on the inside. And so regardless as to how much work you do, it will never come back um, void. You will benefit. It will serve you well over the long time, over the long haul. Beautiful. And, and, you know, and it's so true what you said. I see so many people where they, they overgive because it's almost like, well, if I, if I give so much, you'll love me and then I'll believe that I'm lovable. And that's not it. That's the outside in. What you're saying is do the inside work. And then that's just who you are. That's how you show up. Say you realize that we need help and, and, and to be particularly honest with you, understanding that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves and understanding the system of love is intended for you and I to help one another. Yeah. We're to you. we're to give what each other have needs of. That's why we're here for each other. Yeah. And isn't that such a beautiful way to go through life? It's like, what do you need? How can I help? Here I am sending, you know, giving love. Beautiful. That's it. Juan, where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? Well, uh, you can go to my website, uh, com. You can pick up a book there, which would be great. Um, one thing that I'd really like to share with the audience is that I'm the founder and executive director of a nonprofit called Clear Journey, and where we help and we apply applicable, the practical application of love through financial literacy and attitudes for success for young adults and teenagers. So I really would like uh, your audience to take a look at that and find a way if they wanted to help support this vision that I have and to be a part, by all means. And I'm also, is that on your site? Is that link? Well, no, that's a, that's a different way. You can go to uh, um, clearjourney.org and you can find that all about the organization there, what we do. Um, and also you can reach out to me on any of the social media. Um, I'm at the Juan Lee Author on Facebook, Instagram, same thing. Twitter, I'm uh, Love Made Simple is the name of the book. Um, the Guide to Inner Peace, Contentment and Success. And also... Um, you can go there to my Instagram and you can, uh, the three mistakes that we make, a guide to living a more happier and successful life, you can pick that up. It's a freebie there off of my um, Instagram page. Um, rather than give you the whole, you can just go there and get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, all over the place. Um, I'm even on, uh, we'll be starting tomorrow, as a matter of fact, a uh, clubhouse, if you're familiar with clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, clubhouse called Agape Love. Me and a, a co-host are going to be on there just talking about how to navigate trial in times like we're in. Yeah. Um, so by all means, come on out, listen, come involved, yeah. be involved. 
Great. Wonderful. And we're going to have everything in the show notes. Juan, I want to thank you so much. You know, we can't learn enough about love. It's who we are. It's why we're here. And uh, thank you for just showing us a path right to it. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Well, there you have it. Love is the system. Everything revolves around love, and Juan gave us a great way to make it a bit more practical. Stay in touch with him by going to juanleetheauthor.com, and we'll have all of his information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway, the three C's. One, chameleon, love adapts. Two, conduit, love allows us to connect. Three, choice. Love is always a choice. And if you ask me, it's a good one. To get there, start with some introspection, asking yourself questions like, how did I get here? What do I need to do? Your responses will show you what state you were in that may have led you to feeling less than, unworthy, undeserving, unlovable, and more. Once you know what's at the root of your beliefs, it's time to get to work. And it's the internal work that's going to create the changes you want until you're pouring out love because it's simply who you are. Can I help? First, take the healed or hardened quiz to see which stage you're in on your healing journey. And you can find that at healedorhardenedquiz.com. And share this podcast with a friend. How? From your phone, just take a screenshot of the podcast, share it with someone you know who'd benefit. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.